into Car Radio. You're on 910 AM, the Superstation. I'm Henry Payne, auto columnist for the Detroit News. Great to have you on for our second hour. And uh, as I said in our last segment with Lauren Fix, the car coach, uh, a lot of product coming to market uh, these days. Uh, part of that is uh, because there's a, a huge changeover uh, going on right now uh, in the auto industry from uh, sedans and small cars to SUVs. Uh, also, a lot of experimentation going on with the uh, auto industry with electrification. You're seeing a lot of uh, electric cars coming out of the manufacturers. So we're just getting a lot of new product uh, this fall. Seems like uh, every week uh, I'm, I'm on the road uh, testing a new uh, badge, new product. So very exciting. And uh, this hour I want to uh, bring three new products uh, to you. Uh, from three very different manufacturers, three very different uh, segments. We're going to uh, kick off with an interview with Rachel Felrath, who's the marketing manager for the Jeep Grand Wagoneer. Yes, Jeep is bringing the, green, the, the Grand Wagoneer back. Uh, this was once a, a signature car with a lot of wood paneling on the outside. Uh, these days, all that beautiful wood is on the inside. Uh, we're going to talk to her about uh, the opportunity that uh, Jeep sees in the market to bring that storied nameplate back. Uh, we're also going to talk to Chahe Apelian, who is the vehicle development engineer for the Hyundai Santa Cruz. This is a pickup truck unlike you've ever seen before. It's on a unibody, uh, not a uh, really rugged truck frame chassis, but a much more SUV-like uh, pickup truck uh, for metro areas. Fascinating car. We're going to discuss that with him, and then we'll wind up the hour with Milena Vasco, who's the chief engineer for the new Nissan Frontier. This is a more traditional mid-size pickup with a ladder frame. Very tough, but also very high-tech inside. This is the uh, most uh, tech-conscious Nissan, Nissan uh, Frontier we've ever seen. Uh, fascinating car and conversation with Milena Vasco. So let's kick off the hour here talking with Le Rachel Felrath, marketing manager for the all-new 2022 Jeep Grand Wagoneer. All right, this is Henry Payne with 910 AM, the Superstation, hanging out at uh, a lake in New York. It's not a bad place to uh, be for the day. I'm talking with Rachel Felrath, who is the marketing manager for the Jeep Wagoneer and Grand Wagoneer. Yes, the Wagoneer is back. We're all very excited. Uh, Rachel, why is it back? Well, you know, we just, we saw a market opportunity. So <laughs> when you look at Jeep, right, Jeep covers the, the mainstream SUV segments from small, you renegade up to Grand Cherokee. And so we saw an opportunity in the large SUV segment, both the mainstream and the premium, to expand there, right? We, we've seen so much growth in those segments, you know, with competitive products, new introductions of products, that we knew that it was a fantastic opportunity for us to take our you know, capability, our styling, our technology, and expand into that space. The uh, Wagoneer, uh, I think, started in the 60s. Uh, just talk about the original Wagoneer and why it went away. 
So the original Wagoneer launched in 1962 as a 63 model, and it really defined and created the SUV market. So it was the first. Sorry, I might run some, away if there's a bug. We're getting some bees. Um, it's all right. So like big ones. Sorry about that. <laughs> My um, wife's electric too, so allergic also. Yeah, these uh, are these are wasps. So yeah, don't want to mess with them. That, that's why I was going to run away. Um, no, it launched in 1962 as a 1963 model, and it was the first SUV to offer an automatic transmission with a 4x4. Plus, it also incorporated many of the premium features that you'd find in a passenger car into the SUV. Things like CV radios, air conditioning, you know, the big leather seats. You know, so it really created the, the SUV market. And that ran uh, until 1991. We actually launched Grand Wagoneer in 1984 uh, with you know, things like the standard wood paneling that everyone knows and loves. Um, and then, you know, at that point in time, you know, it was just time to move on and we expanded the portfolio with other vehicles and focused on things like Grand Cherokee at the time. Um, but we've decided to bring it back because, like I said, we see an opportunity uh, with both the, the heritage of the nameplate and that, you know, it was a leader in its time. So we expect that again. Yeah, I, I think most people think of the Cherokee as being the original SUV no. uh, back in the 80s. But it was really the Wagoneer going, going way back. Uh, the, the wood uh, used to be on the outside. Now it's on the inside. I mean, this, this thing is a gorgeous car uh, on the inside. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, the, the interior is stunning. Uh, we don't have the wood on the in exterior right now, but we have reimagined it on the interior. So you'll find expansive amounts of uh, real walnut, use of real authentic metals, soft leathers. You know, you get inside and you just see the 75 inches of screen on the Grand Wagoneer. And you could just stay there all day. It's like taking your living room on wheels. Yeah, no, it really is a uh, rolling living room. Um, to, to, to that point, I mean, given the luxury here, I found out today from you that New York, Metropolitan New York, is the biggest cheap market in the country. Might be a little surprised to uh, some Michiganders uh, out there, but uh, that kind of goes to this brand. I mean, this is the rare brand that, that straddles mainstream and luxury. You, you, you guys start with Renegades, mm -hmm. and you're going all the way to $100,000 plus um, uh, Grand Wagoneers here. I don't know that there are many brands that have that kind of breadth? No, they, they don't. And, you know, we created this premium extension of Jeep at Wagoneer uh, with these two models because we saw the opportunity to continue expanding both in size, the large SUVs, and upwards into premium. And we knew that, you know, in order to really uh, appeal to that customer base, that those premium customers with those you know, high expectations, they're very discerning. We wanted to create a subset, an extension of the brand that really focused on premium. So it is a little bit, it is separated from Jeep. You won't find Jeep badging uh, on the vehicles to really kind of give that separation. Mm -hmm. But yes, when you look at it, we do span, you know, from entry level with Renegade, you know, all the way up, even, you know, things like Grand Cherokee, right? Your, your summits, your Overland uh, are reaching new levels within the, the full-size SUV space. I mean, you, you look at uh, the obvious competitors in this uh, space from General Motors and Ford, and they, they do this space with uh, two brands in the case of uh, Ford, Ford and Lincoln. In the case of GM, they cover this space with three brands, with with uh, Chevy, GMC, and Cadillac. Uh, you guys were able to make this transition from Wagoneer to Grand Wagoneer under the Jeep label. Uh, talk about that a little bit. How do you, how, how does, how are the models different and how does the customer change from Wagoneer to Grand Wagoneer? Yep, so we have this, they're both short wheelbase models, so they're the same size. Um, but you'll find many distinctions, both functionally uh, and design-wise and technology-wise, between Wagoneer and Grand Wagoneer. 
So your Wagoneer, you get your 5.7 V8 standard. You have things like uh, static side steps as standard. You have, you know, smaller wheels. You have on the interior uh, a 10-inch radio, a 10-inch cluster. And then when you move up to Grand Wagoneer, you get things like uh, power side steps as standard. You get the accented gloss black roof as standard, the 6.4 liter. Uh, and then you have larger technology and screens on the interior with a 12-inch cluster and a 12-inch radio. So we've really tried to separate the two models, um, not just functionally and design-wise, but also technology and safety-wise, so that they do appeal to two different customers. And, you know, looking at the customers that will buy these vehicles, um, you know, they're both very focused on active lifestyles. You know, these are big vehicles that can seat up to eight. Uh, we have all the technology and uh, creature comforts, you know, in there for long road trips, you know, for really, you know, accommodating your lifestyle. We can tow up to 10,000 pounds on Wagoneer. So really focused on the activities and the lifestyles of these customers. Uh, and then, you know, with Grand Wagoneer, uh, we like to say that, you know, these customers, um, they really made it. So, you know, they like to live life to the fullest, right? So they can choose whatever they want. And this is, you know, they're not so focused on, say, a status symbol or, you know, what others think, but they want something that's really going to uh, reflect who they are uh, and embody both their, you know, how they've achieved, what they've achieved in life, but then also, you know, can uh, get a little dirty. Yeah and, yeah, and you find all those customers here in New York. I mean, that that, that really kind of uh, uh, defines New York. If you make it here, you can make it anywhere. So you could start at uh, a Wrangler, and you're somebody who's taking the Taking the taking it out to Long Island or up in the Catskills on the weekend, and okay. then as you as you uh, make it in the financial uh, business, then uh, you can show off this Grand Wagoneer. So yeah, you can I mean, you can see people within this metropolitan area uh, traversing all these models. The the Grand Cherokee L, which I tested uh, recently this summer, uh, has a notable. Uh, uh, upgrade in the interior. Mm -hmm. uh, is that because of the Wagoneer? I feel like the Wagoneer being the halo now is going to affect everything below it. Yeah, well, the, the new interior of the Grand Cherokee L is also very stunning, and there is some nods to to its, you know, to the heritage of the original Wagoneer in this, you know, Wagoneer and Grand Wagoneer in terms of even the the, the grill getting turned uh, to stand up a little bit, you know, taller, as Taylor was talking about this morning. Yeah. Um, but yes, taking it, certainly taking it up a level and, and using some of those design cues, but then again, trying to keep the separation to, between Jeep and, and Wagoneer, Grand Wagoneer. The, the other $100,000 Jeep I've been in is the Grand Cherokee Trackhawk. Uh, which, which is a totally different, <laughs> that is a totally different experience. Uh, is, 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 talk about those customers. I mean, are those just uh, totally different customers that want a $100,000 Trackhawk versus a $100,000 Grand Wagoneer? I mean, I could, I, you could have both. I, you know, the Trackhawk is it's a it's a fun vehicle. You know, it, it's certainly set up to you could be it could be a daily driver for sure. Um, but they are you know slightly different vehicles that that customers just. Uh, more focused on kind of performance on you know they don't necessarily need the space or the tow capability even though they could uh, whereas the Grand Wagoneer customer you know they want to utilize that space and the, the technology that comes with the vehicle as well as the, the capability uh, and the tow capacity. The, the technology is stunning and uh, we, we do a uh, journalist program out here uh, for a day, I don't feel like uh, 12 hours is enough to really comprehend what's in this vehicle. You really have to live with it. Um, is that is, is that we, we've seen technology come into cars with the advent of the smartphone? Uh, this seems to be at a different level. I mean, you're, this this vehicle accommodates not just smartphones, but all kinds of devices. Yeah, no, absolutely. So we have you know rear screen, rear seat entertainment available. 
we have an industry first class exclusive uh, passenger screen and you know with those screens right you can mirror your phone you can watch what's you know on one screen you can mirror it to the other screen in the mirror you can mirror it to the front you could plug in hdmi you could use wireless so you know we've really tried to make it as connected and convenient as possible so that you know there's a lot of technology but we've done it in such a way that we're really integrating with your life versus making it an, another step we're trying to make it easier with all the technology to integrate with what you or your family or your friends want to be doing in the vehicle yeah i mean really you can sit in the the, the first four seats of this vehicle and be in a bubble you can manage all your own tech if you're in the passenger seat, you can even give the driver some suggestions about you can. where Where's, you want to get yeah, off. Where yeah. you want to stop, yeah, <laughs> so you can absolutely, uh, you know, because what we do with the, the head unit, the, the radio, right, when you're driving, the driver cannot input um, directions for, for safety reasons, right? You want them to stay on task, stay on, focused on driving. So what you can do with the passenger screen is you can input a, a destination and send it to the driver. And then the driver can say, yep, I accept that, and it will reroute you. So, um, you know, that's one of the conveniences you can... You know, look at the cameras uh, around the vehicle, and you can look at what passengers in the rear are watching, uh, and either tune in or you know change what they're watching. So uh, the the interactive display is um, certainly a, a new feature that I think is going to be very popular. The other technology is impressive; it will not be so obvious to folks unless they think about it. This this is a, a vehicle, high end luxury vehicle that sits on a truck chassis. Uh, what, what have you guys done to the Ram 1500 truck chassis <laughs> to make this thing so smooth? It doesn't feel like a truck, does it? <laughs> no. It's, uh, I think as Mike said, right, it's the, it's the smallest large vehicle you're ever going to drive, right? So, no, it's um, it's a different, it's a new platform, you know, mission-specific for, for Wagoneer. So it's tuned differently, you know, it's reinforced differently. It's actually two inches wider than a Ram, so it just drives differently. So we have taken the truck as the basis, but we've adapted it to be able to serve the mission of what this vehicle is. Yeah, I mean, you've you got independent rear suspension mm -hmm. on this thing. Uh, I mean, it really is, the, the Ram is already the best handling uh, pickup truck in that segment. And then uh, it, it's really hard to tell, I think, that this is a this is a pickup, but yet you guys want the pickup frame because of the towing capability. Why, why do you want a, a, a truck frame underneath this? Well, it gives you the tow capability. It, you know, the, the wider stance, it allows us the spaciousness that you get on the interior, right? So we have best in class second and third row. You know, if you've gotten in the third row, have you gotten in the third row? I have. In fact, uh, uh, I, I, I keep talking about my Chris Benjamin moment because I know he's involved in these vehicles. We're both 6'5", and we fit easily See? in this third row. Exactly. And so, you know, the body on frame gives us that ability to have that design and have that spaciousness in the third row. So that was important to us, you know, in, in designing this and also just the capability, you know, because it is a Jeep at heart, right? So we need the capability um, that comes with the Jeep. Uh, speaking of off-road, uh, we're, we're out here at this uh, country estate, which is just at the top of New York, uh, right on the Connecticut border. And we did off-roading. I mean, as, as uh, improbable as that seems in a vehicle this size, we did some pretty impressive off-roading. Why is that important to you guys? Well, you know, capability is important to us, and obviously it comes through in, in a slightly different way than, you know, uh, a traditional Jeep does. But we wanted to showcase that although, you know, we haven't trail rated this, although it is not a Jeep, it is still highly capable. And what better way to do that than, you know, take it off-road, put it on three wheels, you know, get it, get it a little articulating. Um, but it was very important because while you may not do that every day, 
if you can do that, you know that this vehicle is going to get you wherever you need to go. You know, regardless of the terrain, of the climate, of the road conditions, it's going to get you where you need to go, and we want to portray that confidence, um, you know, in the market. Well, uh, you guys don't have a Rubicon uh, edition of this yet, but I know uh, if, if it does well, I, I, <laughs> I guarantee there's going to be a Rubicon version of the Grand Wagoneer. Um, so, Rachel, uh, um, I have a buddy of mine here in New York City, owns an Escalade. I know he's going to take a hard look at this vehicle. He's a, he's a big man. Uh, a lot of my buddies, uh, basketball players like me, they like these vehicles because they're huge and they can fit easily inside. You're, you're, a, you're, a, you're a little thing. You're buying a Grand Wagoneer. Why are you getting one? For all the reasons that I just mentioned. I mean, <laughs> I I like the command of the road. You know, I like the city of Pyre. I like the capability. I know that, you know, I can get my kids where they need to go, you know, in the snowstorm. Uh, you know, I can drive them down here, right? Um, so it's the spaciousness, it's the technology, it's the design. I mean, it's a beautiful, timeless-looking vehicle. So I just I love everything about it, and uh, it, you know, I love the size. I uh, one of the things I love about this vehicle is that you can take it in the city and you can self-park it. Will you do that? Will you say, will you use the self-park feature? Oh, absolutely. Because there's, <laughs> there's no way I'm parallel parking this thing on my own. Not when I have the technology that can do it for me. So, you know, I think what's really nice about the Grand Wagoneer and the way that we have advanced this feature is that now, you know, in the past you've had to uh, control the brake yourself, control the gear selection yourself. Now it'll search for a spot and you just depress the button and it will do the gear selection, the brake, the throttle for you. So it really takes, you know, any potential user error out of it and uh, does it for you. And somewhere like New York is the perfect place to, to use it. And, and on that note, I think people understand this is a comprehensive vehicle, that you can uh, parallel park this thing automatically in the city. Rachel Felrath, uh, Wagoneer and Grand Wagoneer Marketing Manager, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Visit Central Park Deli today and receive 10% off any purchase when ordering from our mobile app and enter promo code 910AM. Our new menu items include gluten-free wraps, spinach wraps, fried spicy buffalo cauliflower, and sweet potato maple cheesecake. Don't forget about our always delicious Seigensburg corned beef, our fresh hand-patted charbroiled 100% premium beef burgers, and our homemade teriyaki stir-fries. Central Park Deli has curbside service available and DoorDash delivery. Come visit us today. Michigan, this is the story of Kaylee, who was unvaccinated. I got COVID and was hospitalized for a month. I was 39 weeks pregnant. I couldn't breathe at all. I had a blood clot in my lungs. It caused me to go into right-sided heart failure. There was lots of talk about putting me on a ventilator. I thought I was going to die. I was worried that he was going to grow up without a mom. You know, being 27 and a mom and a wife and having that all almost taken away from me, it's scary. And if a vaccine can prevent that from happening, why not? Find your vaccine at michigan.gov slash COVID vaccine. A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. 10 a.m. Superstation has the greatest advertising deal ever with our Godfather package. 200 spots for $500 with a must-air within 30-day policy. That is only $2.50 per spot, and we will even produce the spots free. That's right, free. Call Ronisha Williams now at 313-434-8291. 
We're on car radio with Henry Payne on the line with us. Cadillac Racing Program Manager, Laura Clouser. How are things looking down there at Daytona Raceway? We've got a little bit of everything. The NASCAR team, an XF1 driver, or IndyCar, and then the Insta crew that really take the machine and show everybody what it's made of. Talking to Jim Morrison, who is the Jeep Ram Chief. We're happy to report that Grand Cherokee has been still a market leader for five years. We held the highest loyalty. The best car radio program in all of radio. And you can only get it here on 910 AM Superstation. 910, the Superstation. Detroit's only African-American talk radio. All right, this is Henry Payne. This 910 AM, the Superstation, out in Silicon Valley with the all-new uh, Hyundai Santa Cruz which is a fabulous vehicle. I mean, this is this is a very unusual vehicle. You haven't seen anything like this on the market. I think you're going to be seeing more uh, unibody pickup trucks like this from other manufacturers. We're joined by uh, Shahi Apelian, if I'm pronouncing that right, uh, who's a vehicle test and development uh, lead for Hyundai. Um, and and Shahi, the, the, the name is unusual. Uh, tell us where that comes from. I'm Armenian. Uh, I was born in Lebanon and we emigrated to U.S. Uh, when I was nine years old. And uh, do they love cars in Armenia? Uh, yes, they do. <laughs> I mean, when you you grew up in uh, you grew up in the United States, grew up sure. in uh, California. Uh, but but growing, I mean, California is a tremendous car culture. Yes. Uh, were you into cars uh, uh, from an early age, or or is that something that just sort of developed? Uh, no, I, I tinkered with. Toys. I like to take apart toys and cars and engines. So yes, from an early age, I was really into mechanical stuff. Yeah. Well, and and this uh, this state is uh, is just a wash in, in car enthusiasts. This this strikes me the the Hyundai Santa Cruz as an enthusiast's vehicle. Uh, driving out here this morning, I had uh, a couple people just pulled up alongside it in, in Tesla Model 3s, other, which is another enthusiast car, and we're, and we're looking at this thing. Um, uh, is, is, is that the target customer? You, you feel like you're going to be attracting people who really want this type of vehicle? Yeah, as you know, uh, there's a reason it's called a sport activity vehicle. Uh, it's really not just a utilitarian, it's also fun to drive. So that was the part of the concept. So something that is really aimed at the person that enjoys driving and has the flexibility in terms of uh, packaging and in terms of the interior space, the bed space. Um, so it's all, all that was taken into account when it was developed. Yeah, uh, this, this country is pickup uh, crazy. I'm from Detroit. Uh, the the uh, Detroit three automakers dominate uh, this space. You guys have never been in Correct. the pickup space before. Other Asian automakers have been, like uh, Toyota, like Nissan. Uh, what, what, what makes your entry into this pickup segment different? So, you know, uh, many years ago, a white space was identified uh, for this type of vehicle and uh, it was first shown as a show car and then we engineered it and we've gone to several iterations then uh, the right platform was found for it and then it was developed into what you see now. Yeah. Well, and, and first shown as, as a show car in Detroit, yes. which kind of tells you um, 
uh, what, what you got? I mean, you guys were you were coming right into the, the meat and potatoes pickup uh, uh, market with something very different. Uh, the, the reaction to that initial show car must have been tremendous. Yes, that was uh, you know that was what led us to be able to build this car. So the reaction was really important, and it also kind of highlighted. Uh, there's an app potential market for this type of vehicle in the U.S. Yeah, uh, pickup trucks used to be this size uh, in the U.S. market. Now these, they've become these uh, huge things. Uh, there, there's been segmentation in the ladder frame pickup market in the last uh, decade. Very successful. A lot of, uh, of the Detroit 3 manufacturers now produce Jeep Gladiators and Chevy Colorados. Uh, in the mid-size segment because they're easier easier to use around metro areas. Sure. I assume this car is even more targeted at a at a metropolitan user. Yeah, it's you know it's really aimed at metropolitan users or people in the mountains like we are here now. The roads are narrower, uh, parking spots are tighter. Uh, so yeah, it's 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 a lot of space, a lot of utility for a very complex size. Uh, so so as you as you. Um, uh, take on this vehicle. As you say, you guys found a, a platform for it. It shares a platform uh, with the Hyundai Tucson, a, 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 another outstanding uh, vehicle, compact SUV. What are the advantages of using a unibody construction in a vehicle like this? Uh, well, one of the biggest advantages is uh, structural rigidity, so it's a much more uh, stiff structure and also it's also a lightweight structure uh, so those are the big advantages the other so with this type of structure we're able to make a more SUV like ride and handling and also the packaging is much more compact uh, the other thing it's built on a platform that accommodates many different powertrains uh, so although this is currently ICE uh, the platform is designed to be able to handle HEVs and other powertrains. Yeah. Uh, one of the limitations, presumably, would be uh, you, you can't put multi-length beds on the back the way you would see in a traditional sure. uh, ladder frame. So when you when you talk to customers about that, how do how do you uh, decide on a four-foot bed as opposed to maybe a six-foot bed like you would find in a mid-size ladder frame truck? So again, that was. Uh, early on in the planning stage, it was maximized as much as we could given the platform and what we were trying to achieve and looking at what the customers are asking for. So that was optimized for that purpose mm -hmm. and make it as big as possible. Yeah. Um, the uh, Honda Ridgeline, I believe, is the only other unibody truck uh, in the market. Um, you guys do some clever things that, that the, the Ridgeline does, like uh, sub bed storage. Uh, is, is that something that's unique to a unibody? Can you do that with a ladder frame? Uh, you probably, most probably could, but you would need a SMC bed, a plus, I mean a composite bed uh, to be able to do that. Yeah. Um, uh, talk a little further about the, uh, about the, uh, the, the bed in this vehicle. It's very versatile. It's very different, uh, not sure. just in, not in having a, a, a sub trunk, but in, in many other ways from a traditional pickup. Sure. So actually, you know, the bed of this vehicle was developed and designed in Michigan in uh, Arbor, in Arbor Design Engineering Center. Mm. Uh, so it was, uh, you know, by designers that understand trucks, understand the uh, usability and uh, the needs of the truck and the truck buyers. So a lot of thought went into, like, finding the best optimum design for that purpose. Yeah. Um, the... the Maybe the most distinctive uh, feature of this bed 
to the outward eye is, is the tonneau cover. Uh, that is not standard on this vehicle, but is optioned on this vehicle. And that seems to be uh, an option that's going to be extremely popular. Yeah, I think uh, from our uh, planning and marketing departments, uh, you know, there was a big push for it, for it to be lockable, to be, um, you know, easy to use and factory installed. So it's actually offered from, um, you know, our mid-trim as an option. And from there on, it's, it's standard from, from that point on. Yeah. So if, if, if you're a customer, uh, typically in a pickup truck, uh, you're reticent to throw anything in the in the back, uh, not only because it might be dirty, but because there's no tonneau cover there. Um, uh, in this vehicle, somebody threw their luggage in the back and, and left it outside. Would it be waterproof? Uh, it's water resistant, mm -hmm. uh, so basically there's a lot of protection against the elements. It is not waterproof, but quite a bit of protection, and it's lockable, and so a lot of safety. Yeah, if you, if you, um, if, if you did keep luggage back there, um, and, and say you, you, you did a lot of gardening, you're throwing a lot of mulch back there, typically, uh, is, is the bed easy to wash out? Yeah, no issues. It, it, it drains easily, and uh, you, know, you can just rinse it out. And I, and I think then the, the sub uh, cargo is also uh, has a plug, yes. so you can so rinse that actually out. Actually, the the yeah under bed storage is uh, waterproof, but it also has a plug. So if you put say use it as a ice chest, you can drain it after it's done. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's that's pretty slick. Uh, um, so so you so you look at this vehicle from the outside. It's uh, it, it, it's very unusual looking for one, like the Tucson. It has a very distinctive uh, style to it. The, the bed is, is very different, um, uh, again, because uh, you guys have integrated that into the body. It's not separate uh, the way it is, say, on a Ford Ranger where you can put in a five or six uh, foot bed. So it all looks very uh, integrated. Then when you get inside the vehicle, uh, presumably it's a lot quieter than your typical pickup. Uh, it's well insulated. Typically, uh, pickups are pretty quiet, so uh, we set a high standard for uh, in terms of noise targets that we wanted to achieve, and, and we're very competitive in that area. I, I, I drove it uh, for a couple hours today, uh, coming coming up here out of Palo Alto, um, and and it was it was a lot of fun to drive. I mean, I really you, you couldn't tell that it was different from the Tucson. It was it was a very nice driving car. In particular, it does not have the bed flutter that a normal pickup truck has. Why is that? So that's one of the advantages of the unibody construction. Uh, so as I mentioned, the unibody gives you a lot more stiffness and a lot more flexibility. So on this vehicle, we've optimized the rear structure to give you that, that solid feel ride. Um, there's a lot of work that was done to make sure that happened. A lot of tuning done all over the U.S. for it. Uh, we also have equipped the car with self-levelizing rear shock absorbers uh, that uh, permit better tuning, especially loaded versus unloaded conditions. So, so what does that mean, self-leveling? That means if you, if you put 1,900 pounds in the bed, it won't sag? Yeah, uh, well, you can't really put 1,900, but, you know, you can put it up to the wait, payload. Wait, wait, yeah, what is the payload? Uh, so the payload, the payload, uh, total payload can be up to 1,900, but, uh, you know, you have to take into account whether you're towing or, uh, you know, you have people on the bed, cabin, so it's you have to do some math, but right. 
Yeah, it could be, uh, you know, around 1,000 pounds, 660 to 1,000 pounds. Yeah, but uh, then, and then how's the self-leveling work? So as you load the bed, you know, you're going to have, uh, the suspension is going to sag to account for the weight, but as you drive the self-leveling suspension, it's a passive system, it just jacks itself back up to a set level, so brings the vehicle back to the correct uh, level. Well, and that sounds very sophisticated. I mean, you, you get air suspensions on high-end trucks. Correct. Is this similar? Uh, it kind of mimics that, but it's very simple and passive. So no pumps, no uh, nothing mechanical. Yeah. It's just all, I mean, it's mechanical. It's nothing electromechanical. Yeah. Um, get into the oily bits of this car. It seems to share a lot with the Tucson. Uh, similar engine lineup? Uh, it, it shares the base engine with the Tucson. It shares the turbo engine with the Santa Fe. Oh. Uh, so it, it's built on the what we call the N3 platform, and that platform has uh, both naturally aspirated turbo engines as well as uh, hybrids and plug-in hybrids. Yeah. Uh, the, the interior of, of this vehicle, as with the Tucson, is one of my favorite uh, in auto today. Uh, you, you guys... Um, uh, it's sort, sort of contrary to the exterior, which is which is very eye-catching. Uh, uh, the in, the interior is very simple, um, uh, so simple in fact that the instrument display does not sit under a hood. You just have an LCD screen uh, up there. Talk a little bit about what you guys are doing uh, with interiors. Uh, so in this case, the LCD screen, because of the technology of the LCD, that you know it's improved tremendously over the past couple of years. Uh, you know it has enough uh, resolution that you know in sunlight you can still see it. So uh, from a styling standpoint, that was a freedom to give them not to give a hood for the uh, cluster. Uh, otherwise, you know again. Um, Styling for it is very similar to the Tucson, so it carries over from that vehicle. Yeah. Does it uh, th does it share any exterior pieces with the Tucson? The front end is very similar. Uh, similar but distinct. So actually, yeah. I don't think it shares uh, many, if any, pieces with the Tucson. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a very dramatic uh, looking vehicle. Um, so is uh, we're, we're out here in California. It's a coastal. Uh, town. I see a lot of people loading uh, surfboards in this vehicle, going to the beach. Uh, but uh, talk about how this customer, uh, in your all's experience, is different than a typical pickup customer. Well, it's, you know, again, being a sports activity vehicle, like the name implies, it's really focused on people that have hobbies and activities that, that would a vehicle with a bed would be very useful for. So people that bike, mountain bike, uh, surf, any any outdoor activity, uh, you know, it's very well suited for that. Yeah. And that's a target customer for it. But it'll tow 5,000 pounds. It, well, those people also have other toys that, you know, <laughs> so yes, it can tow 5,000 pounds with the 2.5 turbo and all-wheel drive. Yeah, that, that, I mean, that, that strikes me as one of the sacrifices uh, of a unibody pickup. You go into the four-foot bed, uh, so you, it, it, it's difficult to put a motorbike back here. You presumably want sure. to tow that. Uh, you can put uh, bicycles back there, but I noticed that the uh, wheels tend to hen hang out the uh, rear. Um, uh, do you recommend uh, that people take the wheels off of the bicycle? How would they do that without scratching the tailgate? Uh, we do have accessories that protect the, the bed. Uh, I mean, uh, 
the bed. So, but there's also other accessories available that actually stretch the bed further, so you can you can put your bikes without damaging the vehicle. Yeah, you have you have, you have uh, bed bed extenders, uh, a number of accessories, and those are all available from Hyundai. Yes, they are. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, Pellion, it's great uh, great talking to you. Uh, fantastic vehicle. You guys must be very proud of this. This is a segment busting uh, vehicle, and uh, we we. Uh, we hope it does well in the market. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. All right. This is Henry Payne with 910 AM, the Superstation on car radio, having a nice day at the office. I'm out here on a ranch in Utah, not far from uh, Sundance. I'm talking to Mel Melena Vasco, who is the vehicle development manager for the all-new and very all-new uh, Nissan Frontier pickup. Very excited about this. Uh, Melena, how are you? Good. How about you? I'm doing good, um, and uh, I, I'm a I'm a track guy. I'm a longtime auto racer, but I'm really getting into pickups these days, and particularly these these midsize things, which is a relatively new phenomenon in the U.S. market. I think it was assumed for a long time everyone wanted big trucks, but it now seems that people like these midsize trucks too. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the capability of the midsize trucks is really. Uh, advanced in the last few years. I think we all thought the segment was going away uh, and it's back. It's back with a boom and everybody's in it and it's becoming just as competitive as the full-size segment. There are definitely uh, there's a place for them in the world and it's showing right now. Couldn't be a better time to launch a vehicle, honestly. There were, there were some uh, brands that, that uh, jumped in about five, six years ago uh, Chevy GMC uh, and, and expanded this segment. Uh, Tacoma has, has done pretty well at the top. They've not lost sales. The, the segment has really expanded. Uh, you guys, Nissan and Ford, seem to kind of wait a little bit uh, before bringing in your new generation trucks. Uh, talk about that just in terms of product planning. Uh, we were waiting for the right time. Um, the outgoing Frontier uh, had a long life, but it had a very successful life. It was the right size. It was exactly what the Frontier customer wanted. Um, so for us, it was about the right time, and it was about making sure that we were delivering what the customer wanted at the right time. Um, the 2022 customer wants something very different, you know, than the even the 2020 customer when we put the new engine in. Um, so it was really about making sure our timing was right and we could deliver what the customer wanted. We didn't want it to be rushed. We didn't want to, you know, put half of what, what was ready in development. We wanted to make sure it met what the customer wanted. It's long anticipated, right? Um, they've been waiting for a new frontier, so we wanted to make sure it had exactly what the customer wanted when it came. Out. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. And so, as a result, because this uh, was a uh, was an old platform, two thousand and six, is that about right? Two thousand five. Two thousand five. Uh, this this is kind of a cool um, opportunity to look at how much the industry has changed in the last decade. How much electronics has changed uh, this industry? Most notice, most noticeably, I think, is the phone. You get into a car, a truck. And uh, the last gen Frontier presumably didn't care if you had a phone on you or not. Uh, when you get into this truck, um, this, this truck knows you have a phone. Yeah, it's, it's about simplifying your life. I said this yesterday. I, I like to have things in my life that make it simpler, right? We're all busier. We all move a million miles an hour, and electronics have allowed us to do that. Um, so it's about simplifying your life, and it's about having 
you know, storage for everything that, that you need to take with you on a daily basis. In 2005, you didn't have that much to take with you. Um, and, and now you do. You have a lot of things that you want to put in a very specific area, just like your house. Your, your car or your vehicle is an extension of your house. So we wanted to make sure that we were simplifying the driver's life, right? Um, we did it statically, but we also did it dynamically. You, we're, we're, we're simplifying the experience for you, so you're getting what you want. You don't feel like you're in you know, an old pickup truck anymore. You feel like you're in a vehicle that is very enjoyable to ride in, it's fun to drive, and it's not just getting you from place to place and occasionally hauling something in the bed. It's, it's fun to drive, it's something you want to get into. It makes you excited to, to get in it every morning and instead of just repeating, hey, I have to go to work again, right? You're excited to get in, you, you have what you need at your fingertips. The uh, and thank you. I'm, I'm just thinking, uh, 2005. Uh, the, the the iPhone came out in 2006, so the previous gen pre predated the iPhone. It's uh, been responsible for so much of the smartphone evolution. You're a 30-something. Uh, presumably, when you get into a car, you expect to have all this. Is is that the case for for truck customers, or do you find truck customers? Uh, at some level, don't really care if there's a lot of a lot of this uh, electronic technology. So uh, it's there's a drastic difference between a, the full size segment and the mid size segment when it comes to that. The full size segment is a lot more showy. They want the, the all of the new technology. The mid size segment wants the option. Um, you've got a wide range of customers who want that option. Um, they want to be able to have the technology. The the younger generation, the millennials that are coming, you know, the biggest generation that we they, we have out there now, they want that option and they want to be able to customize. Customization is really the thing. Um, it's way less about showy in the mid-size segment. It's more about I want to customize the vehicle. I want what makes my life simple. Um, so that's why wireless charger, for example, is applied to our highest, you know, our premium, premium package um, because that customer wants it. But the SV-based customer, they don't want it. They want that option to not have it. I don't need a wireless charger, you know. And so we wanted to, to bring all of those options to the table. And we did that with the tech package, making that optional. The S-grade customer doesn't want the tech package. And so instead of them looking at our lineup and saying, why do I have to get this? Why am I forced into getting it? We give them those options. Um, because that brings such a wide breadth of customers into the mid-size pickup segment. Yeah, yeah, and, the, the, uh, and, and I appreciate as a journalist that it's, it's pretty easy to walk through this vehicle. Uh, some manufacturers are very complicated in their trims. You guys are, are, are very easy step. Uh, your, your, your packages are available in all trims. You can really uh, spec this car you, the, the, way you, the way you want it. Well, uh, one thing that's interesting, too, in this segment, as it's grown in these last few years, is uh, you, you've brought in some outliers. Um, you, you've got uh, Jeep in now with a Gladiator for the first time. Uh, you have Honda resuscitating the Ridgeline, which is a unibody-based truck. Uh, talk about your truck in this, in this segment uh, and why you chose to stick with a ladder frame truck. So we stuck true to what the midsize segment buyer has told us they wanted and what they liked about previous Frontier. Um, I think the, the Gladiator and the Ridgeline, um, as an example, they didn't steal customers away from the traditional midsize segment. They brought more to the segment. 
Um, and so what we wanted to do is we wanted to offer a traditional mid-sized truck. We wanted to make sure that it was the right size, but we wanted to offer the capability um, that a body-on-frame vehicle gives you. Um, and that, that was what was really important, is keeping that frontier heritage that started with the hard body and, and continued in 2005 to this generation. We wanted to make sure we kept that because there's a market for it and our customers said, please don't take it away. Our current customers, they're not Ridgeline customers. So they didn't want that option. They wanted a body on frame truck that looked like a truck and was capable if you could have the comfort of ride comfort, for example, of the Ridgeline, sure, no problem. But they wanted the capability of a body on frame. Um, so our challenge was keep the capability of a body on frame, but make it as comfortable and as fun to drive as possible. And I really think we delivered that with this truck. Yeah, and I, I must say, I, I, I was surprised by it. I mean, I, I, you kind of expect to get into ladder frame truck, uh, particularly in the midsize segment. Uh, where you don't have these luxury uh, platinum packages like you do in the high-end trucks, and you expect to feel rear-end flutter. Uh, you don't expect a necessarily a really good on-road ride. This this car really, not a car, it's a truck. It, it really rides nice on-road. Um, and you've done some really interesting engineering in that regard, to, to the frame, to the steering. Talk about those details a bit. Yeah, so the, the frame uh, modifications that were made were largely for the new suspension layout. Um, we added hydraulic cab mounts and urethane jounce bumpers, um, which required unique uh, mounting points. We added a rear stabilizer bar, which required frame modifications to, for, for brackets to attach. Um, and so we, we took all of those components combined with our leaf spring tuning and our shock tuning um, to give you that comfort. Um, what we saw happening in the full-size segment um, several years ago was bringing that car-like comfort into trucks. Um, and it's happening in the mid-size segment, and we wanted to make sure that, like I said, we delivered what the 2022 customer wants. And so making these suspension changes were key to that. Um, the rear stabilizer bar really um, brings that fun to drive aspect to it without any sacrifice to ride comfort. Um, how, how, does, uh, how does your average customer who wouldn't know a stabilizer bar from, uh, you know, from, from a wet bar, uh, what, 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 how would they feel that? Uh, it's exactly as it sounds, right? It keeps the rear stable. Um, so you've got a, a situation where you may be flying down a mountain because it's fun to drive, right? So the steering is is exactly the, the effort you want and you're flying down a mountain. Um, typically you get maybe that, what, what we like to call kind of rear end skate where it just becomes a little floaty in the back. Uh, that's what the stabilizer bar helps with. It also allows us to balance between unloaded, loaded, and with a trailer. Um, and so that combined with the rest of the suspension components that we added or we, we tuned uniquely for this, really bring that, what we love to say is fun to drive. This vehicle is fun to drive. Um, when you talk about steering, we cupped hydraulic steering, um, which I know is often a question, why didn't you go to electronic power steering? Um, and the truck customers really like um, hydraulic steering, believe it or not. Um, and it's kind of tried and true. Um, and it gives you instant feedback and it gives you the efforts you want. Um, sometimes with electronic power steering, the way it's tuned, it can feel very video game or very artificial. Um, and we didn't want that, right? We wanted this to stay true to, to a truck. And part of fun to drive means you get the feedback you want. You get the on-center feel you want. You get 
the, the efforts that you expect. Um, and that's what, how we define fun to drive. So that was really kind of an interesting choice. I think many people think that we made to keep hydraulic power steering in this vehicle. Well, and, and, and it kind of gets to the, the little details in this truck. I mean, it feels like you guys have spent a lot of time sweating the details on this. You, you, you have a soft, open rear tailgate, which I think people, that's standard. I think people are going to love that. Uh, you, you have a little dip in the uh, in the side window, so you have better visibility. There's just there's a lot of detail that seems you guys sweated on this on this car. I mean, what, what's your favorite detail? Um, I will for, let me address the, the first point. Um, we absolutely did. Uh, this was the first project I've been part of where we constantly kept going back to the customer, the customer, the customer. If we had any questions, we clinicked it. Um, you know, it might have been a rough cardboard model, uh, you know, the, the NDA guys might kill me for saying cardboard model, but um, we would take it and we would clinic it and we would make sure it's delivering what the customer wants. Um, my favorite detail, I'm going to say, is the suspension characteristics and the dynamic performance that you get out of the suspension. I know it's many details, um, but the amount of time and care that we spent in doing that um, is to me, it's something to be very proud of. We had the right team working on it. We had, you know, great collaboration with ZF, uh, who makes our um, our shocks on the the SV, uh, and Bilstein on the Pro 4X. Um, the hours that they spent tuning with our engineers, uh, that collaboration was great, and the amount of time and thought that was put into that is great. Um, and we were able to do it up front, so it wasn't ever a surprise. Um, you know, when we had various buy-off rides throughout development, it was exactly where we wanted it to be every time. Um, and from engineering, when you work on a, a program for that long, it's very prideful to, to be able to have that and to, you know, get it out to journalists and to customers now. It's it's a great thing. It's you, it's like a child, right? You, you couldn't be more proud of it. Yeah, yeah, I think people feel those uh, details right away. Uh, last question for you. Um, uh, there's always a, a, a very macho end of this uh, segment. Uh, you guys fill that with the Pro X and Pro and Pro 4X. Um, uh, talk about how the how those vehicles are different, and talk about the competitive set uh, that that this vehicle plays in. So um, those vehicles, they definitely have a an expectation of. Um, whether the customer goes off-roading or not, they want that off-road look. And there is some trade-off that you get with that, right? The Bilstein shocks are very much tuned for, for off-road performance. So you get a little bit of a, of a softer ride in the SV that's not tuned for off-road. But that's what the customer wants, right? And so they want that Pro 4X where they can go off-roading and they can be comfortable. How many take it off-roading? Not so many. Um, but it's the same thing with the segment, right? You've got the Colorado Z71 and the Ranger FX4. Those are those are the competitors. Um, and that that segment is very much, you know, they, they want to show, they want a macho looking, macho if I can say, looking truck, right? Um, and so we definitely delivered that, but we made sure to take care of the SV. The SV for the customer that that wants the comfort, right? They, they Once again, they don't want a ridgeline unibody, they want a truck-like feel, but they want it to be comfortable, and that's what we were able to do with the SV. So taking time to clearly separate those two grades 
and uniquely tune them. And same thing with the Pro X. The Pro X is uniquely tuned from the Pro 4X. It gets Bilstein shots, but it has very unique suspension tuning because that customer wants something different. Um, so recognizing that the customer is different. You can't lump all of them in. The SV customer is just very different than the Pro 4X. Yeah, and they're, yeah, it's a great base truck. It's great, great that uh, you have that, uh, that, that sort of breadth. Uh, within a uh, you know a pretty a pretty narrow segment, um, unlike big trucks, you guys have a much more cost sensitive uh, customer here. Uh, I know you're an off roader. Uh, may I see you at Hollyoaks uh, ORV, uh, ORV Park sometime? Yes, you will. Both personal and and work <laughs> work related. But yeah, I spend some time uh, definitely on the weekends. We have a, a Razor side by side, and then we have an off road uh, pickup truck. And I'm as soon as I can get a Pro 4X, I'm getting one, and we're. That'll be added to the repertoire of the vehicles we take to Hollyoaks. It's a great place, and it's great fun on a Saturday <laughs> or Sunday, right? I mean, yeah. what more could you ask for? <laughs> yeah, it's right in the metro area. Yeah. that place. Um, uh, Melina Basco, vehicle development engineer for the uh, Nissan Frontier. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. The city of Detroit, over-assessed property taxpayers. <laughs> One day, the next day gone. Sometimes you bend, sometimes you stay, sometimes you turn your back to the wind. There's a world outside the dark and dark where blues won't haunt you anymore. With the red eye feeling of your soul, come ride with me to the distant shore. We won't hesitate, break down the garden gate. There's not much time left today. For a great deal on TV advertising, are you searching for an avenue to get your business name out to the public? With WADL TV 38, we're offering a great special with 50 commercial ads for a great price. This offer is for a 30-day ad placement and can be renewed as often as you choose. Please contact Ronisha Williams for more information at 313-434-8291. That's 313-434-8291 or email at ronesha at wadldetroit.com. The city of Detroit overassessed property taxpayers by more than $600 million and refused to give a credit or a refund, even causing some people to lose their homes for taxes they didn't owe. We demonstrate, they intimidate, do we capitulate? 
We have a court date, September 8, 2021, 8.30 a.m. in Judge Milhouse's courtroom. Were you a witness? Were you a participant? Call 313-874-2792. My name is Agnes Hitchcock, and I approve this message. Thank you. If you or a loved one underwent hernia surgery between 2010 and 2016 and then suffered serious complications, call right now. You may be entitled to financial compensation. Complications associated with FISO-MESH include chronic pain, infection, adhesions, mesh migration, reopening of the hernia, and other serious injuries. Call right now. Call 1-800-799-2091. Again, that's 1-800-799-2091. Who said that? Me, down here. What are you, a yellow booger? I'm a banana slug, Steven. Well, uh, what are you doing in my room? I'm your sense of adventure. Don't you remember me? Don't you know that we miss you? Miss me? Who misses me? You know, all your friends in the forest. The trees, the pond, that little fort that you made out of branches. We all miss you. Mom took me to the forest last year. I'm a slug, Steven. It took me a long time to get here. Oh, I guess that makes sense. The forest is not that far away. Have an adventure today. I'm sure your mom would take you. You're right. I should get out. I want to have fun. Play in puddles, catch frogs, and climb trees. Hey, Mom! Yeah, hon? <gasps> Stephen! What is that in your hand? It's my sense of adventure, Mom. It's telling me we need to get out of the house and have some fun in nature today. Come to the forest where the more adventurous you lives. Check out discovertheforest.org for cool places nearby. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Hunter Ellis, and this is Atomic Beam USA. Another bright idea from Boldhead, the ultra-bright, tough-grade flashlight that features tactical technology used by U.S. Special Forces. This flashlight has a feeble 125 lux output. The Atomic Beam USA has up to 5,000 lux. That's 40 times more. We're going to drop it hundreds of feet from this helicopter. It hits the tarmac, and it's still working. That's what I call a tough flashlight. Heavy downpours, mud puddles, even extreme temperatures are no match. You could spend over $100, or the Atomic Beam USA can be yours for just $19.99 with free lifetime guarantee. Order now, you can double it and get a second Atomic Beam USA. Just pay a separate fee, and we'll even ship them to you for free. Atomic Beam USA is just $19.99. Order now. Call 1-800-638-2619 to get your Atomic Beam USA. Call now or go to AtomicBeam.com. So call 1-800-638-2619. Deluxe version available. Order now. That's the number of free phones still available and the number of how many Americans can still get prescriptions free. Free could be wonderful. That's why I'm still working at 77 years old to pay off my prescriptions. I needed to have a a prescription filled and I had to leave because I couldn't afford it. Call now and see what's available for you. Free prescriptions. Over 10 million people get prescriptions free and the program has expanded so another 40 million can. Free dental. Over 15,000 dentists have provided over three hundred and thirty million dollars in free dental work free cell phones 40 million free cell phones are still available with free minutes and more free cell phone would change my life right now because it's something i cannot afford to get medical supplies like back braces knee braces and diabetic supplies may be covered too the free rx plus hotline has saved callers over 12 million dollars on their prescription costs these free programs are now available to 40 million more people call now Pull out your smartphones and tablets right